Hello, welcome to today's episode of the Runshaw Vox Sox Sci podcast. Vox Sox Sci. Vox Sox Sci. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, the third episode of our podcast that we really hope you're listening to. Um, we are going to focus today on looking at the cognitive approach to a couple of different applications. Um, we're going to talk about consumer behaviour and we're going to talk about aggression. So we've noticed, perhaps in some of your exam questions or some of the responses you made in class, that maybe people aren't 100% sure about what priming is or maybe schemas as well. So we're just going to talk a little bit about those today um, and how we can use them to explain uh, consumer behaviour and aggression. So before we do that, Bernice is just going to explain about priming, what it is. So priming... You've got three different types of. Um, so as a start, overall, priming is basically planting an idea into somebody's head. So if you um, are exposed to an earlier stimulus, uh, so for example, you've seen the word avocado, if you see it again, you'll respond to it quicker or you'll pick it up quicker. So you respond quicker the next time. So there's three different types. The first one is repetition priming. So just like that example that I gave with the avocado, if you are repeatedly shown something or you're repeatedly told something, then you're going to be primed to pick it up kind of quicker. So with regards to um, cognitive priming, repetition priming with um, consumer behaviour, it's like the go compare advert. Go compare, go compare, go compare, go compare, go compare. <laughs> it's repetitively oh, it is. priming repetitive. you so that you can kind of get it in your head. And then, um, you know, when you're thinking about car insurance, that's the thing that you'll come, come to your mind. Um, similarly, well, associative priming is where you'll regularly associate something with something else. So, for example, um, baked beans. What brand popped into your mind, Kim? Oh, Heinz. Heinz straight away. Straight, straight away. away. So that yeah. is associative priming because we've learned through the advertising of beans to associate the most popular product um, mm. being Heinz. Because they're like paired brand, together, aren't they? Because they're being paired together yeah. all the time. So um, it's the same with kind of, it doesn't have to be a brand and the name. It could just be kind of like all green uh, trees, green grass for environmentally friendly products. Um, so we're associating the colour green with being environmentally friendly. That's associative priming. But you can also get associative priming for a feeling, so or even like an event. So Christmas, Kim, what advert reminds you of Christmas? Holidays are coming, holidays are coming, holidays are coming. Coca-Cola. <laughs> oh, it's Coca-Cola. So that's, that's Coca-Cola advert. Obviously, it's associative priming again. We've learnt to associate Coca-Cola with Christmas. Another one that more younger people think of now is John Lewis the famous John Lewis advert at Christmas has been you know we've learned to associate that with Christmas so that associative priming is really 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 successful for those businesses advertising around that time uh, they're the two main ones that you would focus on if you was looking at consumer behavior and priming uh, there is a third one, which is semantic priming. Now, semantic priming is, is probably the trickier one out of the three. That's where, like, associate... Well, not... I use the word associated, do you, when you're explaining semantic? It's where mm. other words will come to mind that Yeah, are it's like similar. to do... It's, the word semantic means meaning. And so it's something that's meaning. linked in meaning. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's like wolf, dog. Yeah, because they're or, semantically similar, but they're not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that, you wouldn't really need to apply that to consumer behaviour. Um, in terms of 
aggression it might be kind of like aggressive more aggressive words that will make you think of other aggressive yeah um, yeah aggressive actions yeah definitely so before we move on to talk about aggression i'm just going to talk through a little bit of research for cognitive priming Brilliant. so remember as i told you in yesterday's little podcast we want to make our point we want to have some evidence and evaluation so both of us noticed across the board that with your marks Lots of people weren't getting into the top band on the nine mark questions because there's no evaluation, there's no evidence. So if you were talking about priming in advertising or cognitive explanations for advertising, you'd want some supportive research. So um, North, in 2012, they asked four groups of people to taste and describe wine as background music was played. Each group heard a different piece of music. One heard a powerful and heavy piece. One heard something that was subtle and refined. And the third group was zingy and refreshing. I don't quite know how you can make music sound zingy, but I'll go with that. And the fourth was mellow and soft. So they listened to this music whilst tasting wine, and then they had to describe the wine afterwards. And the description was given by the participants. It tended to match the characteristics of the music, even though the wine was the same. That means that priming has taken place. That music, the vibe of that music has primed um, those people to use certain descriptive terms when, when they are um, describing the wine. So, um, yeah, really good little piece of evidence there. So another thing you might want to talk about, let's say you've got um, a question about advertising, it asks you to talk about the role of bias. Um, what type of bias do you think you would use? Well, there are two. Denise, shall I explain them or would you like to do it? What, confirmation bias, authority bias, yes. and hostile attribution bias? Well, I wouldn't use hostile attribution no, bias. Yeah, we'll use that for aggression. Yeah. But do you want to tell us a little bit about confirmation bias? Yeah, so confirmation bias is where we're finding information to support our already, our already held beliefs. Um, so confirmation bias would be maybe if you were um, affiliated with a certain political group, like you support Labour, then you'll only find information that would support that. Um, in terms of the consumer behaviour... I think I gave you the example in class about an iPhone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, iPhones. like, obviously, I'm a loyal iPhone user. I'm not. I'm Android like, for the win. Yeah, but most, <laughs> like, obviously, Apple is dead popular, isn't yeah. it? And it's kind of got this, concept, this like... like the reputation as being the leading brand, isn't it? Exactly. It's like the best brand, the elitist exactly. brand. Exactly. And so, like, when I came to upgrade, there was literally no reason why I couldn't get a Samsung. And I've had a Samsung before only once. The rest of the time has been iPhone, Apple. And it's like... I find information to confirm my bias that Apple is the best. Whereas, because I don't like Apple, yeah. I find evidence to show that Apple is rubbish, like you can't plug your headphones in. Like, why would you want to buy a phone where you couldn't plug your headphones into it? It's nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. So, because I believe that Apple is rubbish, yeah. I will find to evidence that. to support my belief, whereas Benice is more likely to keep buying Apple products mm-hmm. because then that will then support her belief that Apple is the best product and that's why she should keep buying it. Exactly. So, Authority um, bias. Yeah. Do you want me to explain that? That's basically where you look to somebody else who you think has got the answers because yeah. they're like an expert. So yeah. maybe like the dentist in an advert yeah. who's dressed up, they yeah. already, but they're actually dentists. Or if we have, um, you know, like a hair shampoo advert and there's a man in a doctor's coat saying, you know, it uses these products that, uh, you know, make your hair flatter or whatever it is. So like if we've somebody in a lab coat, somebody that looks professional, selling something, then we will think, oh, well, they must know more than me and they must be right because they're the authority. But actually, most of the time, it's just an actor, isn't it? We're in a lab coat. Exactly. (laughs) But yeah, so you've got examples there um, in your PowerPoints and stuff from um, things like dentists uh, selling toothpaste adverts and stuff like that. 
Okay, so that's consumer behaviour. Or should we talk about schemas, do you think? What's a schema, Kim? Well, a schema is stored information we have about things. So your schema is like all the knowledge and understanding you have about a certain, certain topic. So schemas um, are, help us make sense of the world because we know that like that thing goes with that thing. So, for example, a table, it's got four legs. You put stuff on it. It might be wooden. It might be wooden. Yeah, yeah, it might not. It depends where you shop. Um, but schemas allow us to say, like, that's what this should be. So, like, a chocolate bar should be kind of rich and chocolatey and full of energy. So adverts use schemas as a helpful way for you to understand what their brand is about. So they tap into the, the knowledge that we have, and that's why they might have like stereotypical people selling their products or that's why they might use kind of like typical terms like you know eco-friendly or full of energy things or like colors, that but like colors yeah they try to make it schema incongruent yes incongruent so yeah wacky and so people remember it yeah more. so i don't know what what adverts you've looked at in your class Bernice, but we looked at like the tango advert you've been tangoed we've looked at the um oh what's his name the guy that does the Old Spice adverts, I've forgotten his name, but it's so funny. Um, we, we looked at Dairy Milk because it's all like Oh, because the gorilla. And then the gorilla just randomly yeah. is playing Phil Collins. Like, on yeah. The so it's anything so that's random. like really weird and unusual, you're likely to remember it. Actually, there's a pot noodle, no, a super noodle out, out, uh, outfit. Adverts. You can tell I'm tired, can't you? Out, <laughs> advert, <laughs> out of the moment that's just absolutely bonkers. It has nothing to do with super noodles. But it will stick in your mind better yeah. um, because it's schema incongruent. So if it's something that's unexpected, it will stay with us as well. So those are things that adverts might use. Mm-hmm. So we're going to move on to talk about aggression because we can use these exact same um, theories, these ideas of priming schemas, to explain aggression, so I'm just trying to and find And also, them. gender as well. Yeah. Um, so on the mock exam, you were asked about the gender schemas. Yeah. And it's exactly what we've just yeah. been explaining there. It's just that, you know, everything that comes to mind when you think yeah. about gender, and that's yeah. something that you've been exposed to from a very young age. Mm. You know, by the age of three, you've got a very, very clear gender schema. Definitely. what gender schema is And then if things, if things fit with your schema, you're more likely to pay attention to them. If things don't match your schema, you might ignore them, exactly. or you might, they might, you might, they might even make you feel uncomfortable because then they're kind of challenging your held beliefs Mm -hmm. so a lot of people didn't really have a good go at that question um, because I I think maybe they thought oh I don't know exactly what gender schema theory is but it's it's just what it says on the tin it's just applying schema theory to gender it's Martin and Halverson's theory yeah and Bem has done a lot of work around that as well about um, masculine and feminine identity yeah Okay, so we're just going to talk about aggression now. So we're going to use the same thing, priming and biases, um, but just as applied to aggression. So, uh, right, there was a question on the mock about such and such a person committed some kind of crime and he played a violent video game beforehand using cognitive factors, what might have been the reason for this. And lots of people said, oh, he observed it and he imitated it. That's social, <laughs> that's social learning theory, isn't That's it? social learning theory, which is not... Learning approach, yeah. not the cognitive exactly. approach. Exactly, so we need to make sure we're getting those straight in our heads, which one's which. So for this one, you could have used, it was primed to use aggression, or it triggered a schema for aggressive behaviour. That's all you needed to write, nice and simple. So let's talk about what those things actually are. So priming for aggression is basically... If we see aggression lots, it primes us. So if later on we're faced with a decision where aggression could be one of the options, we're more likely to choose that option Mm -hmm. because that seed has already been planted in our brain. Simple as that. That's it. It's the most 
straightforward um, theory ever. I absolutely love it. So we're being primed to use aggression by maybe listening to music with hostile lyrics, by playing violent video games, by watching violent films, by using aggressive language and things like that in normal conversation. Even though we might not feel like these things are harmful for us, and it's worth saying they aren't always, but they might actually prime you to respond using aggression more quickly. So there's lots of evidence to support this. I just talked about the song lyric one. So uh, Fisher and Greitermeyer, great name there, <laughs> yeah, 2006, found that song lyrics did in fact prime aggressive cognitive scripts. So male participants listening to songs featuring aggressive lyrics about women were more likely to recall negative qualities about women than when later asked compared to when they listen to neutral lyrics. So basically, it's making us describe women in a more hostile way just because we've listened to music that does the same thing. Um, They also behave more aggressively towards a female actor um, when kind of challenged in a later situation. Um, So this provides support that cognitive bias, uh, cognitive priming, sorry, can actually um, play a role in aggression. I um, I played my students a song by Eminem called Kim. Oh, that's which is like not a about really me. really bad. Song. I know this song. <laughs> it's a really so bad song. Kill his kill his it's partner. About him killing his wife Kim. because she cheated on him. Yeah. But then if you link that to Stan, the song yeah. Stan, because where he does actually he kill, does actually kill, kill yeah. his wife because he's copied. Yeah. Off, um, so it's kind of like it's priming for aggression, but yeah. it's also you know yeah social you could you could we should use like the work of Eminem to describe all these concepts. <laughs> that's one for next year, I think. Okay, so Benice is going to talk a little bit about hostile attribute bias now because you might get a question that says cognitive explanations for aggression using the idea of biases and hostile attribution bias again it's really really easy and straightforward it's just a long word mm-hmm. so Benice is going to tell you a little bit about that I mean you could have talked about other types of bias as well but I'll come back oh, to that yeah, after yeah. Um, but hostile attribution bias is directly linked to aggression so obviously if you get a question on aggression and the cognitive approach you need to mention hostile attribution bias So that is where if somebody does something and it could definitely be an accident, so, you know, maybe they've, like, stepped on your foot or, you know, they've said, oh, I like your shoes or, you know, they've they've made a comment, you will assume because of hostile attribution bias that they are being hostile towards you or they are having a sly dig, being sarcastic, did it on purpose, really. You know, um, so it's kind of like because maybe of their experiences in the past or whatever, they've developed this bias to assume that everyone's out to get them, you mm. know, all the time. You know, like if you've got, you know, if you just got a bit of a face on that day, like let's imagine you came into class and you had a bit of a face on. If I had hostile attribution bias, I'd think that you were mad at me mm-hmm. or I think I'd done something to annoy you or I think you were having a go at me when I asked you a question. Yeah. So none of those things are necessarily true unless you are mad at me, in which case I'd be asking, why? What have I done? <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it really does shape the way people see, all the, see the world. And as I told my class, I used to work in prisons doing offender behaviour management programmes and I used to work with violent offenders and I came across this hostile attribution, attribution bias so often where the men that I worked with would say like, well, I had to square up to him because he was out to get me. And we'd say to them, like, what evidence did you have? Oh, there's a look on his face. Oh, I could just tell. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you think that people are acting aggressively towards you, you will meet that aggression with aggression. So that is how hostile attribution bias, yeah, you know, can cause definitely. people to act aggressively. So there is some research to support hostile attribution bias. Um, so if you look at Castro et al. 2002, they reviewed a lot of studies. They re- reviewed 41 studies of hostile attribution bias in children. And they found that out of those, 37 of them agreed that there was an association between hostile attribution bias and aggressive behaviour. 
Um, similarly, Healy et al. found that mothers of children, um, by the age of five, the children also had hostile attribution bias if the mother did too. So that uh, means that perhaps they're learning it from the mothers, which yeah, is quite interesting. Yeah. But then you yeah. could compare it with other approaches when you're like, you you critiquing it, it say actually genetic. social learning or genetic. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good, good extra point. I can't yeah. talk today. So, um, <laughs> one weakness though of all of the um, kind of priming and aggression is that it's correlational, not causational so yeah. we talked in our class about how you know there could be other reasons that they have this hostile attribution bias yeah. it's not like the cause of the aggression it's just yeah. a link between the, the two exactly the same with the priming so there is this huge debate in psychology that reigns on about does watching violent video games cause you to be violent well there is an association there definitely is an association that's been found time and time again but that does not mean it's the cause people who are already naturally aggressive may seek out violent media yeah. or listen to violent music like if yeah. you're in a bad place you're yeah. more likely you to want listen to listen to, to me it's confirmation bias like isn't it you want to exactly. you want to listen to music that, that meets how you're your feeling yeah. so the fact that we see an association between aggressive media and aggressive behavior isn't necessarily to do with priming it might just be that it's a you know it's a coincidence or it might just be that people who are already violent are seeking out that type of media yeah, which is confirmation bias, so obviously yeah. you can bring that in as well. Yeah, um, yeah. And you can also bring authority bias, because you could yeah. be looking up to somebody, yeah. maybe in a gang, mm. you know, somebody, the gang leader might be the one who you respect, you know, you yeah. think they've got all the information, you think that they are, um, you know, the ones to look up to, therefore you'll use authority bias to yeah. behave Yeah, because you think like that they're, they're right. And you can, again, link that to the social approach, link to the learning approach. Could that actually be social learning? Could it be um, conformity? You know, there's exactly. loads of things there for your critiques. Um, it's worth just going back to con- uh, confirmation bias. So if you've got hostile attribution bias, you might think someone is like behaving aggressively towards you and interpret you know, neutral stimulus as being threatening. But then if you team that with confirmation bias, if you've decided that person is being aggressive, you're then going to interpret that in all the rest of their behaviour. Yep. So like if, if uh, for example, you think someone's having a go at you, and then they come towards you for a hug because they want to make things better, you might think that they're coming towards you to attack you. So you might use aggression. So these biases work together to kind of um, really, really confirm people's beliefs. Mm -hmm. So that is basically the cognitive approach and how we can use it to explain aggression and consumer behaviour. And a bit of gender. And a bit of gender. I have a bit of a vibe that there's going to be a cognitive question on... um, well, it could be on anything, but I feel like there might be a longer one on consumer behaviour or aggression. Yeah. So make sure you do revision, guys. Have a look at um, kind of the past paper questions that we've put onto Moodle for you. Um, I haven't done it yet, but by the time you listen to this, I will have put all the past papers and mark schemes on there if Benita's not already done it. So you can use those, practice questions, talk to people about it, but don't forget, in a nine-mark question, give your point. Give your evidence, give your evaluation, okay? Link it to the scenario. If you don't link it to the scenario, you will not get to that top band. Introduce it as well with the approach that yeah. it's talking about in the question. So, you know, what's the key assumption of that approach? That's the basic thing that you should all know. Mm-hmm. So you could start your answer with an introduction yeah. to the key assumptions for that approach. So, for example, for this one, the cognitive approach focuses on the way that information processing affects our behaviour. In terms of aggression, this might be... And then you carry on beautifully. And at the end, you know, conclude. (laughs) Anyway, as we're talking about conclusions, that's a lovely uh, point for us to conclude today's podcast. We do hope you're enjoying these. If you've got any suggestions for further ones we could do, give us a shout and keep on with your revising. Good luck, everyone. Bye. Bye.